0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Ten Twelve, the podcast that covers all ten teams in the Big Twelve Conference, plus BYU Cincinnati Houston. And UCF, we are the flagship show of the 1012 network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for all things sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for our midweek episode. We've got a fantastic one for you today. A lot of softball talk. That's just what you should expect here on the midweek once softball season gets going. We've got a little basketball talk as well. Two great guests. First up, sports writer Natalie Weiner joins us to discuss the impact of making women's sports available and why you should care about college softball and give it a chance. Then she hit the three-run home run that was the difference in Baylor's 4-3 win over Oklahoma this past weekend. Shaylin Govan joins the show to talk about that big home run, the season for the Bears, why she transferred to Waco from Stephen F. Austin. Fantastic interview with her. We're gonna get to all that here in just a minute, but there are a few things I want to talk about. Uh, Look, I am not here to take a dump on the Pac-12. I have said this on the show. I don't like hypocrisy, and it bothered me greatly when when it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving. That everyone just decided to shit all over the Big Twelve. It's gonna die. It's terrible. These programs aren't worth anything. I'm not gonna do it to the Big Twelve. I'm not. I'm not. I have said on the show over and over again. I don't think any of the teams will leave the conference yet. Now, after this next contract, this next TV contract they sign, I think that will change. But I feel like it's more likely they all stay together for at least this one short-term contract. Because it's about way more in the money, and I still don't know that they're going to not make enough money to be at least satisfied in staying together. That said, talk right now is Apple and potentially going all streaming or a large portion of it streaming. Here's my one concern if I'm a Pac-12 fan. Pac-10. Whatever they are. The majority of your games are going to go on Apple, and I'm an opponent looking to schedule you with the non-conference, especially in football. I don't really want to do that. I don't want to force my fan base to buy an Apple TV or Apple Plus subscription to watch the game. Do schools who currently have contracts with Pac-10 schools pull out of those contracts? Oregon has a home-and-homes with Oklahoma State and Baylor in the future. Yes, they have Texas in Lubbock this year, 23, and then they're in Eugene in 24. I don't think you're going to cancel that series that quickly. Those buyouts are expensive. And yes, Ohio State pulled out of a game with Washington, but Ohio State has Big Ten money. Texas Tech does not. Colorado has Houston, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State on the schedule. Upcoming. Arizona has Kansas State. Stanford has TCU. If you're one of those programs, do you consider pulling out of that deal to avoid having one of your games on a streaming platform that not everyone in your fan base might have? It's a legitimate question. I don't know the answer to it. If I was Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Houston, I might pull out of the Colorado one. Those are a ways away. I don't know that I want to deal with that. Plus, Colorado might be in the Big 12 in the future. I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. It's just a question I have. I don't know the answer to that. Those things are somewhat complicated and expensive to buy out of. And, well, look at what Ohio State did. Folks, don't act like you're Ohio State, or you have their budget. We don't. All right, basketball for a second. Coach of the year race. Someone asked the question. Oh, Robbie Triano, of course, host of Midwest Madness, our basketball show. Ask the question, who would you have right now as Coach of the year, team that wins the Big 12, player of the year. And I said, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, think Kansas probably wins the Big 12, and Rodney Terry of Texas. And I had a bunch of Jerome Tang fans, Kansas State fans, come at me as though I had just besmirched the good name of Jerome Tang. This is dumb. Folks, Jerome Tang has done an incredible job, and if Jerome Tang is the Big 12 men's basketball coach of the year at the end of the season, I am perfectly fine with that. I'm happy with that. He deserves it. I just lean Rodney Terry right now. The arguments against Rodney Terry that I've heard, well, they got a bunch of talent. He had talent. They were were picked third in the preseason. They lost their head coach. They didn't just lose a head coach. They lost one of the best up-and-coming head coaches in college basketball. One of the best young head coaches. I know he's 50, but young head coaches in college basketball and replaced with a guy whose career record as a head coach at Fresno State and some other Texas schools like just above 500 who's had to navigate losing their head coach, who's continued to still overachieve by being in first place. They're picked third. They're in first place. I don't care what talent is on that Texas roster. Folks, Texas is the poster child for... Not doing anything in the wins and loss column despite having an incredibly talented roster. It's not a shot at Jerome Tang. I know that Kansas State was picked dead last in the preseason. And I know that Coach of the Year awards typically go to the coach who most exceeds expectations. But you know the biggest difference between Kansas State's Jerome Tang and Iowa State's T.J. Atzelberger? Otzelberger's Iowa State squad was picked two spots ahead of Kansas State. They're about on a level playing field. There are three viable candidates for coach of the year, and I'll be perfectly fine with whichever those three get. Honestly, there's four because we want to discount Bill Self because he won a national championship and continues to recruit well and has good players, as though having good players on your roster is something that you shouldn't get credit for. Should we not give Jerome Tang credit for putting this roster together? We should. He he put this roster together. Most of the guys around last year's team were gone. He put this roster together. So did TJ Otzelberger. Here's the point. any one of these three guys wins it, I'm good. And if you want to bang the drum for the head coach of your favorite team, I understand we talk about what the definition of fans is. Fans are short for fanatic. You should care more about your team. They don't, like, come at me like I've done Tang some disservice. He's done an incredible job. He's easy to root for. I would love to see him win the award. I just lean Ronnie Terry right now. Especially if, even if it's a tie, they finish in first place. That is a far trickier thing to navigate, losing your boss, the head coach of your team, than people want to give it credit for. And I think you would also give it more credit if it wasn't Texas. I, th- I think we would. I think there's a little bit of built-in prejudice towards Texas. But I'll be intrigued to see who wins that award, who wins player of the year. Keontae Johnson has a legitimate case for it with Jalen Wilson. I think it's one of those two guys. I would love to have Mike Miles right there, but he hasn't played enough games. His impact is obvious, but I think it's this is Keontae Johnson or Jalen Wilson's award to lose. Uh, congrats to the TCU men's tennis team. They repeated as ITA indoor national Champs, champs for two years in a row. Congratulations to TCU. That program baseball is underway fantastic opening weekend look i just want to say this no particular fan base at all <clears throat> a one and two start against a really good slate of teams uh does not mean that your program is dead in the water it's baseball it's college baseball calm down we'll do more baseball next week we need to get Randy Heights on the show. We, we've been working to do that. Some schedules didn't quite work out. Uh, and now I think it's time. We need to get Randy on. We need to talk some big-time baseball. There's, there's some guys. Love to drinking club. We need to get them on. We'll do baseball. Don't worry. A lot of softball today. Uh, speaking of softball, Baylor. We're going to talk about them. Huge win for Baylor over number one, Oklahoma. Incredible win. Jordy Ball getting just her second career loss as a pitcher at Oklahoma. That's insane. The home run that gave Baylor the lead they never lost it was just the sixth run, home run she's ever given up. That's insane. Like I'm still picking OU to win the title again. But I think you are starting to see the impact of the pieces that they lost from last year. Losing Jocelyn Alo is a big deal. It's a good OU team. We're going to talk about it more probably next week. Uh, like I said, Baylor, congratulations. This team is a year older, a year wiser. I think they've been good. I'm really excited about the uh, slated games they have this coming weekend. Oh, by the way, Oklahoma, I mentioned them. Uh, UCLA this weekend at the Mary Nutter Classic. Cannot wait. Uh, the team of the week is Oklahoma State. You go to Clearwater Invitational and win all five of your games, put up more than 50 runs, run rule four programs, including Louisiana, who is ranked, Nebraska and A&M, who were, I think A&M is now ranked, Nebraska, who is receiving votes, like, (laughs) oh, man, more than 50 runs, if I recall correctly, this weekend, just nuts. Oklahoma State program is insanely good. We'll see if that offense carries through now that they are, are in New Mexico. This coming weekend. If you don't know, we make picks for softball. We pick five matchups. We'll go, We'll switch to series once we get actual three game series and not, you know, weekend tournaments where you're facing a wide variety of teams. We make picks. It's myself, our good friend, Molina Sanchez, uh, Kenzie from Tortillas and Takes, and the guys at Sons of UCF. We post those on Instagram. I try and get a bunch on, on Twitter, but they will be on Instagram each week. You can follow us there at 1012 Pod. Of course, you can follow us on on Twitter at 1012 Network. 1012network.com for every show in the network. If you haven't gotten your Kansas gear, the limited run from Homefield apparel, Thursday's your last day. Thursdays are always the last day with these limited editions. So if you're a Kansas fan and you haven't gone and bought the joggers, the quarter zip, the 1988 National Championship t-shirt with the blue collar, Kansas fans, do it today if it's friday and you're listening to this episode well that's what you get for listening on fridays and not thursdays when these episodes drop i'm kidding but seriously homefieldapparel.com check out the incredible kansas lineup that's out right now these limited edition runs are going to continue all year they will take a break in march had a nice chat with connor we're gonna try and talk with him here on the podcast soon they've got some stuff in the tank some stuff in the chamber for March that I'm excited about and some Big 12 fans should be excited about. I won't say more than that. Just know if you're a home field apparel fan <laughs> and you're a Big 12 fan, woo-hoo, mm, there's good stuff coming down the line. Very, very good stuff coming down the line. So what you need to remember is the promo code Network12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2 for 15% off your first order. Homefieldapparel.com. You're rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this basketball baseball, and softball season. Two great guests, Natalie Weiner, Shailen Govan. Let's get to it. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. We made it a mission here on the Ten Twelve Podcast last year to really start diving in on college softball. Of course, we continue to call out for college baseball, but softball is a sport that I enjoy. And look, I would be lying if I said that part of the reason I initially started paying more attention was because Oklahoma State softball got really good. But we all typically need something as a spark to draw us toward something we weren't paying attention to and to grow and develop a passion for. And so I, I got the idea that I wanted to talk on the podcast at some point during the softball season about the the need for more attention and growth, and why we should all be paying attention to women's sports more, and softball in particular. And so there was one guest in in particular I felt was the right person to bring on to that. Uh, That is Natalie Weiner. You know her as someone who covers music and sports across multiple different... New York Times used to write for Billboard. Uh, She was part of the glory days of SB Nation (laughs) with all the people's names that you would remember. Natalie, welcome to the Ten Twelve.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk softball always.
1: <laughs> it is it is fun. And look, uh, this past weekend, it's one of the best sporting events of, of a non-conference flight to me is the Clearwater Invitational in Florida The ESPN helps to put on. You get some of the best programs in the country. Obviously, Oklahoma State and and future big film or UCF were there this year, along with Florida State and Virginia Tech and Alabama, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Texas will be there next year as well. Uh, I want to start with that event is uh, important to me in part because ESPN, yes, a lot of the games are in ESPN Plus, but ESPN actually seems to have invested in this particular softball event and promotes it well and pushes it well and tries to get it out there. Yeah, there's some spring effect xfl stuff that's take precedent whatever we can talk about that later but i mean just how important do you think that particular event is to the growth of college softball
0: i mean i think it's huge you know <clears throat> and i don't i don't know that that's like a radical or innovative take but like it's just it's so much fun to like kick the season off i mean technically it's not the first weekend of the season but like functionally it's the very beginning um and like to get it started with such high profile matchups, like such big games, you know, it just like, I find it, it's such a perfect way to like get invested in the season. Cause you're seeing all the big players, you know, for the first time and kind of like getting a sense of what their team is going to look like this year, you know? Um, and yeah, like you said, it is, it's just a matter of investment. It's just a matter of like them putting it on the platform. Like if anytime you put, A softball game on ESPN or ESPN2, and I believe there were a couple that were on those main channels from the Clearwater Invitational over the weekend, um, people will watch it because there's just a million TVs in America that are automatically turned to ESPN, like with nobody even thinking about it. You know, it's just like, it's the default, you know, so that just helps with exposure so much, you know, for any women's sport. But in this case, softball, which I mean, a lot of people just already been thinking about this time of year nobody's thinking about baseball softball whatever and so to kind of sound the alarm and be like this is happening right now you know <laughs> like I think it's great and it's just so much fun I mean I watched so much softball this weekend <laughs> like kind of an unhealthy amount of softball but but it was great
1: no it's good it's good and look uh, it's March. It's February. Sorry, I'm March. March. The it's, uh, it's almost the end of March. February. It's, it's yeah, like... we're at this point. We're already talking about you know. I'm sorry. A third month, man, uh, Whatever. Yeah, word we can term and we can use. Um, insanity. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, and I understand the focus is on the men's and more and more so thank goodness the women's tournament as as we get closer and closer to it and then we can you can shift more focus towards baseball and softball once sure those are kind of out of the way and that's understandable no one pays attention to college basketball until football is out of the way right. yada yeah right. yada yeah yada, 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 yada. Uh, but it does kind of lead me to it, the message continues to get pushed out more and more and more and i don't think i still don't feel like everyone's grasped the concept that when you make these things available, people will start to pay attention. Yeah, uh, I know internally they have talked about at ESPN um, the, the the women who cover softball there, uh, Jessica Mendoza, Beth Mullen, mm-hmm. Michelle Smith. I mean, and Tara Henry over at D one Softball really do have pushed for more coverage from ESPN, especially the Women's College World Series. Which you look at the numbers from it from the past few seasons as ESPN has invested more. Yeah. Those numbers have continued to grow, which is interesting because it lines up with the NCAAs. The proof that the NCAA has mishandled yeah. women's yeah. tournament, basketball tournament, so massively and left so much money on the table from it. it is, it's is—it's interesting to me how it seems like, is it just a complete, in your viewpoint, is it mismanagement? Is it a lack of awareness? Where do you think is the biggest issue as far as people's continued stubbornness to like, We have the proof that when you give this attention, people will pay attention to it, especially when it's the best of the best because it's really good stuff and fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good question. And I don't know that there's like any really, really satisfying answer, unfortunately. Like at this point, like you're saying, we do have so much more information now, like really concrete information than we had maybe five years ago. Um, Like people have done reporting and done research to show like, no, there is interest here. And yes, they have been like sort of structurally excluded from the kinds of profits that the men's college and men's professional sports see, you know, in many different ways. And I think it kind of just, it comes back to, I have to guess, like the very most powerful people, one capitalism, they sort of like in the ways all the ways that we think like capitalism encourages risk taking, right. That's kind of like the mythology of capitalism. Like, Oh, well, if people want to make more money, they're going to innovate, you know, and find new ways to do that. When in fact, it's like, they'll actually just rely on the things that they already know make money. And in sports, that's the NFL. That's to a lesser degree, NBA and uh, MLB. And so, you know, the men's sports that are most familiar. So Still, it feels like a risk. It feels like, why would I even go, you know, invest in softball when I already have the coming I mean, thing that, um, you know, we already know everybody likes. Um, And I think the people who have the most power, who are at the very top of the totem pole, they just still don't take women's sports seriously. Like, you could show them all the numbers in the world and, like, they don't care. <laughs> you know, because, like, the people who are in charge are mostly still men um not that women respect women's sports more than men universally I don't ever want to suggest that because it's not true um but the people who are in charge look and think a a certain way a similar way a conventional way um and it's going to take a long time for that to change I think because I I feel like in the world of people who think about sports a lot like us like it seems like sort of so obvious so like common sense like we know people are interested in it why you know why won't they sort of make it easier but if you ask like random people on the street like have you watched softball most of them think like oh that's just like the easy version of baseball like I think that's like the lay person's sort of assumption of what the sport is still and so there's so much more like sort of visibility and education whatever stuff that has to happen and it all kind of comes down to like the very top of the food chain you know the grass the grassroots energy is there it, it's just still like a more dramatic pivot from the people in power you know what i mean no
1: i i agree uh my brain immediately went to like guy guy plays on his work softball team you know,
0: exactly kind of
1: I could do yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's the same. Same as, as your buddy who, you know, if he just hadn't hurt his ankle in high school, he'd be in the NFL, right. Starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. No, so totally. At least, <laughs> at least there's delusions of grandeur across men's is delusions of grandeur is not sexist. They think you can do it in men's and women's. Um, you wrote a really good article that I was reading uh, in in anticipation of this for for Fan Bite about. Um, Making women's sports easier to watch and people will watch them. You you went to a sports bar and it was on ESPN two, yeah. And just the idea that um, when where people watching sports and people where they're going to go where they want to watch sports is not just about making it accessible. Obviously, putting sporting events on ABC, CBS, Fox that are women's sports is going to help to reach a a broader audience. The Women's uh, yeah. World Cup, obvious example. Putting in those. Those networks, but, but also uh, having a mindset, if you care about these things of where should you make them most easily accessible for people so that they can watch them?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think like, the ABC games sometimes I think are actually like more complicated for people, you know, because they're not like so, ABC is not like the first place people go to think about sports, you know, like obviously like it's much more accessible in the sense that people don't have to pay, you know, it's available just over, you know, but if you have an antenna, you know, if anybody still has that, but um, I mean, some people do, you know, it, it's more accessible from a cost standpoint, but I think when you're trying to convert people to taking women's sports seriously, by and large, you're going to be looking at people who already care about sports, you know, like you're not going to be just getting, it's a lot harder for me to sell any kind of sport to my friends who don't watch any sports. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot easier to get people to buy in if they're already sort of into that sort of thing. Um, So that's why I feel like the ESPN stuff is so important, like getting any women's sports on ESPN, the main one, because that is the, you know, it's the world worldwide leader, you know, that has that name for a reason. It's just like, it's the destination for sports. And so they have the rights to every single woman's sport, like they own it all it, with like a few tiny exceptions. So it's like, they're really holding the reins as far as like making it as big or small as they want to. It's, it's all up to them.
1: I always tell everybody, look, I, I am, I am a a, a freak. I watch at just about every Oklahoma state sport. I can <laughs> sometimes it's just on in the background. I've got three kids, four and under, you know, oh, wow. they, they don't want to sit and watch sports. They want to sure. uh, play, which is fine. Look, I just, I like to have it on. Um, I, I I think the question I'm trying to get to is: I understand everyone can't pay attention and invest in every sport. Oh, definitely. You can't be a fan. Not everyone can be a fan of everything, um, and you certainly can't be like. I, it's hard enough one team, let alone a sport. Yeah. When, if you're someone who, I love football, I love basketball, whatever. how how would you sell them on college softball or softball in general? what is like to me? Cause like soccer to me is soccer is easy. It's concise. It's two Mm -hmm. halves. If you're just bored with it, that's fine. But it's an, it's an easy watch. What, what is the selling point to you for softball in particular?
0: I mean, it's baseball, but better, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I mean, it's it's just true, you know? And I think like softball has such a like reputation problem, you know, like everyone's assumptions about softball are one that it's easy, you know, and that's why women play it, you know, that it's just easier version of baseball And two, that, like you said, it's like the beer league thing, you know, people just have this idea in their head that they're like, why would I watch that? You know, why would I watch the same thing that like my friends play with their companies or whatever? Um, And it's just like, it's not any of that, you know, it's so it's it moves faster than baseball the games are shorter than baseball because the field is smaller it's like such a better tv experience I feel like you know you get such a better sense of the game like watching it on tv and you see everybody's faces more and like it's just like I feel like that helps the emotion convey so much more strongly you know it's like I feel like it's a perfect tv product sport you know because like I don't love watching soccer you know I know don't don't cancel me you know whatever (laughs) like cancel culture can probably come for me from not liking soccer but it's just it's not my thing you know watching it I just I I need a little bit more action you know a little bit more following I I need more scoring I guess maybe is is the term I'm looking for um but like even when there's not scoring in softball there's still like A strikeout you know or there's like a double play or just an amazing catch or whatever you know there's just like so many amazing highlight reel plays um you know and obviously some games don't have as many of them as others but it's just it's extremely fun I would say I, I I find it so compelling and you just never know when you're going to get sucked into a game you know something will be kind of like slogging along like I was watching the Baylor Oklahoma game on Sunday which I know you had wanted to talk about a little bit but I like I had it on the background you know I was like cleaning and stuff I was just like "Hmm, okay interesting that Oklahoma's not blowing them out yet let me like let me see where this goes Um, and then I saw you know I look up and it's like okay it's 4-1 Baylor like this is surprising like I I hope they can like hang on you know and I'm just sort of again like not I'm paying increasing amounts of attention and then finally it's like the sixth inning and it's still 4-1 Baylor I'm like okay I gotta sit down and (laughs) and turn the volume up here and like get into it but you just I don't know but again it's like it's not a huge time commitment seven innings you know you're just they're they're moving through it they're moving quickly like I don't know I just love it, and there, there's just I don't know why it feels so emotional, you know. When you watch, like the intensity is just palpable. Like watching the Clearwater Invitational, and like yes, these are really like highly ranked matchups and stuff, but it, it just it had the energy of like playoff playoffs or the Women's College World Series, and it's like the second week of the season, you know. <laughs> like, it's just it's great.
1: I think the the Clearwater one I wanted specifically is a you get the good ESPN production value. Yeah, that's B. True. Everyone that's there understands the opportunity that they have while they're there to to make a name for themselves. They know they're gonna yeah. be on TV that people can watch. Like you have these opportunities against marquee opponents to really build out your resume and make a name for yourself. Like I think I think that stuff matters Definitely. a lot. Yeah. Um and not to discount like going to New Mexico for a weekend tournament where none of the games are gonna be broadcast because right. yada yada yada. But like the impact of that that has been built up specifically. I think you can feel that. The other thing is, like, college softball, to me, all the reasons I don't enjoy baseball, because it's too – a bunch of old farts who still want to talk about unwritten rules and stuff, like
0: – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind
1: of like college baseball. Like, college softball, the whole team's – you hit a home run, the whole team's there waiting Yeah, for you, you know? yeah. And, like, that stuff is – is excited. like I love that personality they're talking to the coach and one of the, the players are like behind yeah. him and dancing and nonsense and like there's personality and they're allowed to have fun and they're allowed again Oklahoma State fan here uh, Sam Shao yeah. doing bat flips and having debates about whether or not that should be allowed and it's like no flip away like if you hit a home run off someone like do it and there's no one ref coming out going like oh no 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 right we do it? no
0: like <laughs> no that's don't true. want me to flip
1: a bat don't throw you know throw a strike and so Like, I feel like you get more of the fun and the excitement that anyone of any age is going to be watching. Like, ooh, I like that.
0: Yeah. No, 100%. And I think, like, I don't think about that aspect quite as much because I just don't watch, like, I watch barely any baseball. And, like, when I do, it's the playoffs. So then it's, like, it is exciting. (laughs) But, um, you know, Mariners making it to the playoffs, finally. Got to plug them. Um, But... (laughs) But yeah, no, there's so much tradition around like kind of being having a celebratory atmosphere. I mean, they're all like singing their songs in the dugout, and like then, like you said, like coming out when somebody hits a home run or any run and celebrating. And it's just, I don't know, there's just a really great vibe to it. Like, <laughs> I was watching, I think it was UCLA Alabama, no, UCLA Florida State, yes. Mm. Um, and they were they had a chant I don't know if you're familiar with the song my neck my back it's definitely uh like (laughs) x-rated yeah and they had a Mm -hmm. chant that was like it was to the sort of tune of my neck my back I was like okay look at you UCLA (laughs) can't you just can't do the real thing on tv but you know
1: (laughs) i uh, i don't know lsu fans uh love that song neck so uh, uh i guess as long as it's in stadium and not broadcast right, too loud right. you can get away with whatever you want um you mentioned oklahoma baylor i watched that game as well i was doing touch-up work on a board and bed and accent wall in the bedroom and that oh, nice. and equally it was like oh let's see if they can hang on and then it's like okay well, i'm gonna like i'll finish this in a minute let me stop and i'll watch the last like two innings because i gotta see if baylor can pull this off um you uh, you mentioned Benford. Yeah. Uh, Aaliyah Benford, pitcher for Baylor. You were very impressed by her performance. I
0: mean, who wouldn't be impressed? You know, I, yeah. I, I can't. Uh, this is the thing, like, you know, writing about sports, period. I can never profess to be, like, the number one analyst. I never played any sports, you know? Like, I know, what I know about sports is what I know from watching them, you know? And I, I've just never been in a sort of, like, analyst. Like, here's who's best. Here's who's not best. That's not... Not necessarily my strong suit, but, you know, when you watch a pitcher, you know, have to preserve a lead against the number one team in the country, a team that for years has been blowing people out by like 10 to 20 runs you know depending on the team that they're playing against and like you're in charge of preserving that lead you know that the chances that your teammates are gonna give you more of a cushion on the offensive end are like so low because again it's the number one team in the country and then to allow two runs and to not to stop the bleeding like that's so remarkable i feel like if you allow like she allowed two runs in the sixth inning for the people who did not watch it um it was 4-1 four, four, Baylor, and then it was 4-3 Baylor. And But she got out of the inning, you know? Like, when she just – she threw a first-pitch strike to Grace Lyons, I'm, like, 90% sure, like, immediately after she uh, let those two runs come home. And I was like, that's so ballsy. I mean, Grace Lyons, like, has been on, you know, Oklahoma for 100 years now, I feel like, and she's extremely good. <laughs> and like to just go right at her and be like no i'm not scared i'm gonna like i'm gonna keep doing my thing um and then that last inning like she just she was just dealing you know and she you know bend it bent but did not break you know it was like it was really really remarkable and she seemed like she was like taking really deep breaths but she didn't seem like oh completely overwhelmed by the moment she was just like Okay, I'm gonna like get back into this, and I I don't know. I mean, anytime you beat Oklahoma, that's something to you know put on the bulletin board. But like, you know, to for her to kind of preserve that in those final two innings is really remarkable. It's a
1: it was a big win for Baylor. You could definitely tell the maturity for them from last year when they were in that similar spot and had the the error that gave Oklahoma the. I think it was two errors that gave Oklahoma the winning run mm. to in a, and you know. It's exciting for the Big 12, um, obviously, because now you've got a, a ranked Baylor squad to go along with Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. And, yeah. and for a conference that had three of the, the, the three final teams, were the only were all in the Big 12, and the only teams in the next postseason. Right. Uh, it'd be nice for the Big 12 to get uh, another team or two this year. Uh, obviously, this weekend um look I, I my flow subscription will last one more weekend that is I, I that is for lucky my yeah 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 time that well for a little OU UCLA. yeah that's uh, gonna be awesome
0: uh, uh-huh. they should just for sell it challenges. like by the game or something and i can't af- i can't do flow softball like let me just pay five bucks to watch that one or something you know
1: i pay 30 dollars. i get one month i'm like that's fine i'll
0: I'll suck it up for one, but I will not do more. You don't want to, you want a deal for a full year? <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. It's so dumb. I mean, ESPN should just get the rights to it. Like, come on, just, just make it easy for us, you know? But. We need more. We do right. need more. We do. We're nuts for the nutter, My- you know? <laughs> um, But yeah. But
1: you're going to sell them that slogan. That just needs to be, like, we're nuts for the nutter. <laughs>
0: If I see that true. shirt
1: out there on a broadcast. I'll know that came from you.
0: I feel like Natalie. somebody else has already had to do this.
1: <laughs> uh, you were fantastic. I really do appreciate you joining us today. Uh, let everybody know what it is you're working on right now and where they can where they can check your work out
0: um I am freelance full time right now, so it's really kind of like anything and everything at this moment um but i usually post what i write on twitter as long as twitter exists who knows um and my handle is uh just my name natalie uh spelled the traditional way and weiner w-e-i-n-e-r so yeah
1: give natalie a follow uh check out her uh, really cool uh, 1959 project dot uh, uh, jazz in New York City in 1959. I uh, scrolled through that for a little bit. That is super cool. Thank you. You've got some. You've got some awesome work. I really do appreciate your time. This was an absolute pleasure for me, and uh, I hope we get to have you
0: back on again. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Do you love the Big Twelve Conference? Do you love college basketball? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. So come on over to the Midwest Madness podcast, powered by the Ten Twelve Network, where I, Robbie Triano of SiriusXM, talk all things men's basketball in the Big 12 Conference. Whether it's breaking down the biggest games, interviews with some of the best people covering the league, or discussing which teams will make the big dance, make the Midwest Madness podcast your bi-weekly listen. Because the best way to prepare for March Madness is to listen to the Midwest Madness. It was an absolute team effort, but Baylor doesn't get the win if not for a three run home run to put them up over Oklahoma this past weekend. A huge win for the Bears. Uh, a win that sent shockwaves across college softball. Very excited to have the woman who hit that home run, Shaylin Govan, joining us today. Shaylin, welcome to the ten twelve. Hi, welcome.
2: I'm happy to be here.
1: Uh I uh I'll be honest, I was I had that game on and uh Was working on some finishing touches on a a project in the house and and you hit that home run and I had to start paying attention the rest of the game, like really focusing on, Okay, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this? How like in the moment, it's a massive thing because you take this this big lead on number one, Oklahoma. You're very excited about it. But just kind of walk me through like that moment for you hitting that home run and, and helping that team take that lead and then, and then how the end of the game transpired and how the team felt afterwards.
2: Um, just, you know, at the beginning of the game, we knew that we were coming, you know, facing, um, Jordy ball, which she's a great pitcher. And, um, we had plans. Uh, we've always talked about the plans that we're going to have with pitchers like her, because can't really fall behind on the, um, behind in the count on her. Um, and just getting getting that next at bat after I had already struck out or hurt, I was like, okay, this is my plan. And, um, and I told our coach, our hitting coach, Coach Hoop, and um, as soon as it happened, I was like, I'm looking for something low in the zone. And that's exactly what I got. And I just took advantage of the opportunity that I was given, which was given from my teammates, especially uh, being on base and allowing me to put us in the position to lead.
1: I know that that locker room afterwards had to have been just excited. But you know, given what happened last year, I know you transferred into Baylor this season. You weren't there last year, but you know I'm sure you're aware of the Baylor loss, where they had a couple of errors at the end of the game, and Baylor had the lead and then lost to Oklahoma. And and you know, from someone who watched that last year and seeing Baylor in this situation, coming into the seventh inning and and, and realizing what happened last year and the opportunity in front of them. What was the the vibe besides just being excited after that game? Was there almost a weight off your shoulders? What was the, the feeling from the team?
2: Well, I know like, especially before the vibe was like, we're like, we're going to compete. We expected to compete with them. We didn't expect to, um, to just, you know, lay down. Um, they were like, we had the chance last year to beat them and be the first to beat them. And they were like, and um, they said that, that we just like, let it get away. And that this year that we were coming better. Um, I know that especially for the team, they were like, uh, we're more prepared for this situation now than we were last year. And so um, in the locker room, we were just super excited to get the opportunity to uh go again and just having Coach more, just like, you know, um, the pressure's not on y'all. Y'all y'all have everything to play for, the pressure's on them. They're the ones that are ranked, they're the ones that have to come play y'all in y'all. HR's home field so the pressure was really off on us and then of course after uh after we were so excited we we were just like we were like we just did it uh something that we all knew that we could do um especially practicing through the fall and having um this new team so it was great
1: you you mentioned you know it was the pressure was on them they're the ranked team now you guys are ranked I think every poll I've seen from D one to, to USA DSP and they they all have Baylor in the top twenty five which is uh, it's been it's the first time in a little while for Baylor I'm sure you're all very excited about that how is that how are you guys having dealing with that ranking now like is it something where you're aware of that and you're 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 focusing on ignoring it what what's the mindset for you guys with now that you're ranked now that everyone's paying attention now that the eyes are on Baylor
2: um it's a honestly we have not even talked about it uh we're just we're happy that we're like that we're getting the the recognition of course because we knew that we should be getting the recognition with the team that we have but every day we've just been uh coach Moore's been reminding us that like this ranking like it does not matter um it's what you bring to the field every day and um work hard every day get one percent better so we've pretty I think we did pretty good of like putting it in the past and like even though we're we know we're just like this doesn't matter as if right now. What matters is the long run. So I think that we're, I think we've handled it pretty well so far.
1: I'm certainly excited to see sure. you guys follow up this weekend. Uh, still in Waco, you've got a, a three games against Maryland, Minnesota, a and or Texas A&M Commerce, and a couple other games depending upon how those first three go. Uh, Shaylin, you, as I mentioned, you transferred to Baylor this offseason from Stephen F. Austin. When, when you decided to enter the transfer portal, what was it about Baylor that eventually landed you there in Waco?
2: Um, it was definitely being close to home. Um, I'm the only child. <laughs> so it was definitely being a uh, close to home with my parents. And, um, I also wanted to play on the, um, on the P5 level. Uh, that's always been a dream of mine. And as soon as I stepped foot on campus, uh, coach Moore and Danny, um, uh, And all the coaches were just uh, so nice. And I've, I had contact with contact with them for a while. And um, I've always been very strong in my faith and trying to grow my faith. And uh, I feel like this was the perfect place to do that, especially with the coaches. And, you know, we're really big on that and just like playing for God and giving the glory to him. So it was perfect for me.
1: What is this team like? Like just I, this was a young team last year and I know you're on this team now and, and it's a year older but it's still a pretty young team. What's what is this team's personality? Kind of like if, if if I were to come and hang out with this with this team for a day, like what's the personality of 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 you and your your teammates?
2: our team is definitely fun. Every day uh we're laughing, we're giggling, we're coach more sometimes like all right, reeling back in. We're but we're really um, uh, it's a bunch of personalities that come in and there and I think we work together really well. Um and I just feel like every day we find something new about each other every day because we're just always talking, we're always having fun and uh I just feel like that's what you're going to get out of us no matter how serious we are, we have fun at the end of the day. So
1: That's good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right, so now I've got to ask, you know, you you and your teammates have handed Jordy Ball her second ever career loss. You hit just the sixth home run anyone's ever hit off of her. Like what's what's the next thing? What's the next time we're getting you on cuz we're talking about what this awesome thing that Shaylin Govan has done with the Baylor Bears
2: um hopefully soon uh i'm just gonna keep uh we're just gonna keep chugging keep uh getting better every day and hopefully we'll i'll see you again (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh shalen i really do appreciate your time this is awesome i i am as a big 12 softball fan it's thrilling to see another team really kind of start to rise up and look like they're going to be a challenger not just in the conference uh but a team challenging to get to the postseason and obviously everyone's goal is we're gonna we want to win the big 12 we want to go win a national championship we want to get to oklahoma city I and mean, what have you guys set as as your goal for this season
2: um the our goal is to definitely, of course, get to the World Series, but we have definitely set a goal that um uh, the NCAA tournament is not the farthest that we want to go. That's the plan to make it. And if we don't, we're very disappointed um as a team. And you know, I know for sure for the coaches. And um, we feel like we should be there. So that is the like the bottom of the bottom, like the NCAA tournament. So we plan to, of course, get far and we have high expectations for um, this team. So
1: I have to ask about your teammates, uh, Dariana Orme and Aliyah Benford. They were the two on the mound in that win against Oklahoma, put up a fantastic performance together. I mean, just tell me about both of them. Just like how impressed have you been by, by them in practice, playing with them? seeing them on the mound what what's your opinion on on both of those two stars
2: um both of them are both of them are great um you know especially facing them uh usually every day in practice it was it was definitely hard um, they complement each other so well they work so hard and they make each other better um and bullpens before practice, they're going at it, they're competing, they're they're doing everything to make sure that they're on top of their um, game because they feel like, of course, that we have their back and they have our back. And um, they just continue to compete every day, even though, um, you know. We just got that win. Like, they were in the bullpen for at least half of the practice, and Coach Moore is like, hey, are we going to get our pitchers back? Like, are we going to get some pitchers on the field for, like, our team defense? But they're definitely – they work hard every day. Um, they're putting in the extra work, and they're definitely complementing each other well. So,
1: Shaylin, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's great to meet you. Congrats to you and your team on the big win, and, uh, and I cannot wait to see what else you all are going to achieve this season.
2: Thank you.